Good morning, everyone. This is Rob McDougall from Zank Financial here with your weekly economic update. Today is Monday, May 15th, 2023. So we'll go over last week's economic data. Uh, we received four data points on inflation. We also get the May University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey. So the most recent news, sort of the takeaway here, is that the most recent news on, on inflation, both at consumer and at the producer level, was actually pretty good news. So on Wednesday, we had the April CPI. It came in as expected, plus 0.4% month over month. Uh, we also got the CPI core. That, all, that was actually a little higher than expected, came in at 0.4 month over month, was expected to be up 0.3%. 3% month over month. One thing I would say though, the uh, the April CPI, so the 0.4 month over month maybe sounds kind of high. And I know there's a lot of discussion in the press about inflation, stickiness, not coming down. Um, I just think it's uh, investor impatience a little bit maybe in that if you take a look at what's happened with the CPI after it peaked last June, and I mentioned this before, I think, Peaked last June at 9.1%. Now we've had 10 consecutive months lower, 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 lower. So that 0.4 equates to a year over year, that 0.4 month over month. That's a 4.9% year over year increase in inflation. And again, it peaked at 9.1. So certainly headed in the right direction on inflation. Hasn't taken that long. I think investors are concerned, as the Fed is, about inflation hitting below 2%. That's probably a long ways off, but we've definitely come down from peak levels, and I think it becomes much more manageable for investors and consumers going forward from here. Uh, PPI, the Producer Price Index in April, that came in on Thursday. That was favorable. It came in at a positive 0.2%. Month over month, the expectation was a positive 0.3%, so better than expected. Same thing for PPI core, 0.2% month over month versus 0.3% consensus. So that's great. Usually PPI, the inflation we see there flows through to consumers eventually. So to see PPI at lower levels than expected, very good thing. Lastly, from last week, University of Michigan consumer sentiment. This was disappointing. Our, it certainly was a shortfall from expectations. The expectation was 62.9 uh, reading for the consumer sentiment index, came in at 57.7. So that sounds not good, but it's probably not bad in that the Fed is very much focused on inflation and uh, slowing inflation. So consumer sentiment dropping a little bit. And having consumers pull back actually might be a good thing. So with that news last week, what did that do to the expectation for future rate increases? So we have another Fed meeting. Uh, it's June 14th. That's coming up. So the expectation now after a series of Fed rate increases is that there's a, about a 20% chance they raise one more time, 0.25%. So it's an 80% chance of no raise during after the June meeting. However, then when we take a look at the end of the year and take a look at what the futures imply, virtually no chance whatsoever we are going to be where we're at right now, which is a range of 500 to 525 basis points. That probability is 0.8%. When you take the aggregate numbers, though, and take a look uh, at a 75 basis point cut, 
there's an 87% chance we get at least 75 basis points cuts from now until the end of the year. And remember, the Federal Reserve a week and a half ago after the FOMC meeting, Jerome Powell indicated there's no cuts on the board right now for the Federal Reserve. Again, the market is betting very aggressively that the Fed will be cutting rates by the end of the year. In terms of GDP expectations here for the second quarter, when we always look at the Atlanta Federal Reserve numbers, we showed you this last week, their first cut for the second quarter was an expectation of 2.7% growth. Now, remember, first quarter growth was 1.1%. We argued that looked understated because of the impact of inventory runoffs by corporations in the U.S., Nonetheless, second quarter expectations by the Atlanta Federal Reserve is a re-acceleration of GDP growth up to 2.7%. So they had put that out two weeks ago. Last week they confirmed it. So that's their best guess at this point. Again, 2.7% GDP growth expected for second quarter. Inflation expectations uh, last week, this is very muted and very low, uh, actually fell slightly. We look at the 10-year break-even, 10-year Treasury minus 10-year Treasury inflation protected securities. It dropped again uh, just slightly. It's down to 2.18%. So again, that means investors are betting that inflation, high now, but will average only 2.18% over the next decade. One last thing to mention before we talk about uh, market returns from last week and then go on to next week's e economic activity. U.S. debt ceiling, that's getting a lot of press, a lot of coverage, a lot of anxiety around it. So I wanted to discuss it briefly. Um, we've had debt ceiling increases uh, numerous times. So in my lifetime, beginning in 1960, we've had 78 of them since then. Most of them come in uh, go without any real issue, but we have had several that have come down to really tough negotiations and at some point government shutdowns. So uh, the U.S. government, we exceeded the limit of $31.4 trillion in debt in January. So the government, U.S. government and Treasury has been doing what they can to delay payments, move things around and not increase past the limit, but they're kind of out of tricks at this point. So at some point in the next, let's say, six to eight weeks, probably, the U.S. government uh, will have to make some very serious decisions uh, to keep paying interest and principal on debt. So there's it's a bit of a showdown, again, between the Republicans and Democrats, Joe Biden, Kevin McCarthy. They're expected to meet tomorrow. It'll be their second meeting. And with the Republicans hoping to get some concession uh, from future spending growth from the federal government from the Biden administration. So we'll see how that goes, but I just want to point out that we've been here many times before, and a couple of times it has been disrupted to the market, so I just wanted to point out one that occurred that we just took a look at the return pattern during that period just to give you a sense of what has happened before, maybe could happen again. Back in 2011, same thing happened. We ended up in a government shutdown. And so uh, this started in uh, June of 2011. So it concluded then uh, by October, negotiations were done. They raised the debt ceiling. The return pattern during then for equities, negative, of course, four months in a row. There weren't huge losses, but culminated in September of 2011, S&P down 7%. So it's not tracking well. 
uh, we had resolution of the debt crisis. The ceiling was lifted. So then that October was a huge year, up 11%. The real takeaway, though, is equities full year 2011 uh, we're up a little over 2%. So it was a positive year despite those four months of some pain in the S&P 500. The other real point here, though, maybe more surprising, is this is all uh, the consternation about U.S. debt and returns to debt. Well, during that period from June 2011 through the end of the year, U.S. government debt, the index was up 9%. And only June was a negative month. So we would say uh, we've seen this before. We expect a resolution to occur before too much damage is done either to the equity markets or the U.S. economy. And um, given what we've seen before, although the whole crisis is over U.S. debt and our ability to repay and pay interest, we think probably the safest place to be right now and during the crisis is U.S. government debt. So. Last week, what happened in the markets with uh, the data points that we told you on inflation, consumer sentiment, markets hardly moved, very tranquil week. Uh, the S&P 500 down a little bit last week, down 24 basis points, hardly anything to speak of. International lagged a little bit, uh, the MSCI, All World, XUS, that was down almost a percent. And then U.S. bonds, the, the Bloomberg U.S. aggregate bond that we track, down a little bit. It was down 24 basis points. So in total, with all that negative news and consternation regarding the U.S. debt crisis, uh, the markets hardly moved last week. So this week, what do we have coming? Well, really two kind of segments, four reports in total, two on retail sales, two on the housing industry. So on retail sales, tomorrow, Tuesday, we get the retail sales for April. The expectation is a big rebound. The prior two months were both negative, negative 0.7 in February, negative 0.6 in March, expectation for April, positive 0.7% in retail sales. And then when we strip out auto, uh, that's also expected to be up, a little less expected to be up 0.3%. And in the month of March, that was down negative 0.4. So the two housing indicators that we have this week, the first one is housing starts for April. Uh, the consensus is 1,405,000. That's down just slightly from a really strong number in March, which was 1420000 If it does come around in around that $1.4 million, I would call it stabilization. We had a big downward trend last year, obviously, with the Fed increasing interest rates. Housing starts really crawled nearly to a halt, and the last couple of months have been uh, inflecting up, so that's a good sign. Lastly, for next, for this week, we have building permits for April. It's coming on Wednesday as well. It's expected to be 1438000 Expected to be up slightly from the month of March, which was 1430000 So that's it for the economic news coming out this week and the entire economic wrap-up for this week. Thank you very much for your attendance. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. Thank you.